sorry about that. No yeah. worries, man. I don't know why it let me join that out of nowhere. Yeah, after a little bit of Zoom information, uh, we got this covered. Uh, well, <laughs> this is the official start to episode 12 of An Untold Narrative. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, man. Let everybody know who we have. I'm Mike. Um, I'm, I'm in Portland. Uh, I'm a forward designer and customizer um, and just overall sneakerhead, man. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, I, our relationship is purely Instagram based. I know we had yep. a, a brief opportunity to connect when I was in Portland last uh, and then I bailed on you. Um, so that that's, happens, <laughs> <laughs> that's on me. Um, but no, it's been fun over the years. Uh, obviously, we back then uh, it was much easier to meet and kind of connect with new, new up and coming designers, in my opinion, just because it was more organic and you just, yeah. you know, the community was wicked small. And I, I, you know, to my recollection, you were like one of the, the first people, I think that we just like kind of just cross communicated, I think, you know? Yeah, uh, man, I was just trying to reach out to everybody at that time. Uh, you guys, uh, Chris, uh, Dixon, Dominic, Dean, everybody was shooting everybody a message at that time, man. Yeah, absolutely. So um so you're a footwear designer um where are you originally from um i was born in jacksonville north carolina um but uh i lived in a military family so uh, we moved around a ton but i've been in oregon now since the third grade so it's pretty much a new home so okay um, i'm out here in beaverton so did you did you watch chris, chris dixon's episode i did yeah you just started basically the same way. You're like, I'm from North Carolina. I was a military family. I know, bro. <laughs> I, and then I bumped into him in the neighborhood not that long ago and found out we're neighbors too. And I was like, dude, this is wild. Well, I, and honestly, like I would have never met either one of you two if it wasn't like, right. which, which is bizarre. It just shows you how small the world really is. Um, yeah. So that's, so you've been living in Oregon, obviously, for the majority of your life. Um, yeah. So what was, uh, you know, I, I know nothing about being in like a military family besides like, you know, was it your father, your mother? Uh, it was my dad. He was in the Marines. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't that bad. It's just a lot of moving, but you know, I mean, we settled here when I was in third grade. So it's like plenty of time to like kind of establish new relationships and stuff. So it really wasn't that bad. Um, could have been a lot worse, you know, if it had been more moving throughout like my, you know, teenage years or preteen years it could be real bad, but um honestly it was fine yeah I got you what's like uh what do you think is like the biggest difference of of growing up in a military household versus you know because obviously you grew up in third grade plus yeah. and like, you're obviously friends who didn't live in that environment uh what's like right. the biggest difference for people because I don't even know um I mean honestly I think probably it's just like a lot of discipline and just like because when you live on base, you know, things are just like set to a standard for everybody. So you either meet those standards or you don't. So um, just kind of a discipline thing, kind of um, just trying to stay the straight line. I mean, I've been out of it for a while. So obviously gotten kind of straight off that path a little bit. But um, yeah, just, I would just say discipline, man, and just like fine details and small stuff like that. Because even you know, we lived in a place in California where we didn't even have any grass, just sand. And they're just, they want you to rake it a certain way, man. So it's like, you know, it, okay. it's stuff like that. So it's, you know, a little, a little bit of accountability there. Um, right, right, right. I, I'm sure like there's little nuggets of that that have translated to like your professional, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
for sure. Good and bad sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know you from the, the footwear design side and we'll get into that, but like, how did you discover that, you know, you, you wanted to pursue design in general, right? I mean, cause um, it seems like, and I believe through a little bit of digging online that you have an industrial design degree. Um, I do. Yeah. So most people who do industrial design or have a bachelor's in it, like randomly or have a crazy story. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So like I, so when we moved here young, like I was really, really young and like I needed something to like kind of just establish like a community. So, um, sports was that for me. And one of my coaches was uh, working on like highlight videos and stuff at the time. And so like, I kind of just like latched on to just kind of like watching his stuff. Um, and this was like either really early YouTube or it was just him sharing like videos with me of his work, you know? Um, and so like, I just fell in love with that. He shared me, um, I think probably a pirated copy of the creative crowd at that time. Uh, so he let me use it and I had no clue what I was doing with it. But all I knew is that I like, I liked shoes at that time. And so like I had been buying them a lot, even that young. Um, so I started to use them just like on Photoshop, just to, like kind of draw over top of them, like make colorways and stuff. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. So, you know, it was whatever, it was really bad, but it was just exposure to that really early on. Um, and then kind of just, you know, a typical teen guy route, just kind of went with sports, followed that a while. But like my interest for shoes and design was still there a little bit. Um, but then in high school, um, it got a little more serious. I was taking like graphic design classes, um, still playing sports, but sports was my kind of drive there still. Um, but then I had a really unfortunate injury in high school um, and I had actually had a skull fracture and I had to have a 14 hour skull surgery on that. So um, that kind of, yeah. So that kind of took what sports sport away from me. Playing? So I was doing track at the time. Um, cause my oh. was, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yo, I don't want anything to do with this. Right. Like I can't run a fever, you know? So it's like, I don't want to do anything with this. Like I don't belong here. And they were like, come here, you know, just work on footwork or whatever. Um, cause at the time I was deep into football and basketball, but, uh, they were like, come do track, um, come work on your footwork or whatever. Well, I was throwing discus on the side. Um, and it was just like a rainy day and some girl next to me just like kind of let her go sideways, man. And, uh, yeah, dude, just super unfortunate. Uh, just an accident, bro. But, uh, so her I had to go slipped and yeah. nailed you in the dome. Yeah, bro. If I, if I had just gotten a haircut recently, I would show you the scar, but, uh, uh, so I had to go and have emergency surgery for that. It was like 14 hours. Uh, so that took, kind of took the ball off the plate for me. Um, and so I was like, yo, I need to find something to like stay competitive and like stay connected to my friends. So, uh, wait, wait, hold on. We're going to, we I'm like not <laughs> going to go over this story. This is a, a wild change of life. Yeah, man. It happened like pretty much like obviously overnight so it's like I had to find something you, to latch on to. Do you remember like anything like? Yeah man uh so luckily like obviously you know when it happened I blacked out right away but um kind of a crazy story the school didn't uh end up calling the ambulance at all so I had to actually ride in the car with my mom to the hospital so that was interesting yeah it is a whole thing uh but uh so yeah and actually we got to a smaller hospital that was nearby and uh they determined that like it was too bad. So I had to go to OHSU. I had to like take another ambulance downtown, um, Ooh, have surgery. And then wow. I was there a couple of days. Yeah, man. Um, and then just did physical therapy and stuff. And then, um, what, honestly, what, like, 
What, what um, it, just out of, out of curiosity, uh, you just you just mentioned physical therapy. Like, what what kind of physical therapy do they do for like skull surgery? Obviously, like physical therapy. Like when you break an ankle or you know right. you do something to your your elbow or your wrist or whatever. That right. You could do normal exercise. What do you do for something that that's in your? So head? honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was just that like walking was a little bit tough at first because it was like I had some nerve damage, so it was like not too bad. To, in in fact, like I couldn't walk at all. But just in the fact that like when I would take a step, it would be weird. I couldn't really feel it at first. And so I just had to like kind of rehab that back. And so it was just kind of sensory stuff like that. Um, but since then, like, what? yeah, man. But since then, it's been like really not like, I don't even think about it anymore. Like it's an afterthought for me. But like, you know, just a reminder. Of what year past. in high school was that? Um, I was a sophomore at that time. Holy cow. How long were you like yeah. out of school and stuff like that? Uh, so I was out of school for like a month afterwards. Um, and then I went back after that, but it was not too long because track season happened right before summer. So, um, then I got that whole summer and then I came back next year. It's pretty fun. Okay. Well, that is a, that is a wild story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I was just like, I don't think I've ever heard of somebody who had skull surgery. So, um, yeah, man. But I mean, luckily, like in a roundabout way, like it pushed me in the right direction, you know? Um, like you were, you were, before I cut you off. <laughs> uh, you no, were no, saying... no, 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 <laughs> not at all, man. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, everyone loves sports and stuff, but it's like, you know, we don't all go pro. So you got to find what your real passion is and go for it, man. And so that kind of forced me to go that way. And uh, I just ended up like, funny enough, like uh, for a couple of years, I uh, went to Oregon State. I went for a year to do graphic design because no one at my school had done footwear um, in my high school. So um, that was what I thought was right. Um, so I went and did graphic design for a year at Oregon State. And, uh, did you know that like footwear design was a thing back then? No, so I really didn't, honestly. Like I was just in, in graphic design, just like drawing shoes that existed, you know, oh, just okay. like, you know, whatever, painting stuff. Um, so I didn't really know it was a thing. No one at my school knew what it was. I just knew that like I wanted to make shoes eventually. Um, so they told me they were like, go do graphic and apparel design, you know, like maybe those are dope maybe those are parallel, you'll get there. Um, so then after a year, I was doing my own research online because I just felt like I was kind of wasting my time. Like I was making clothes and bags and stuff and that was valuable, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, so I was doing my own research online and I was just on like the hands or 477, something like that. Um, and I found Dominic's work, Dominic Dina. And um, I just shot him a message and I was like, man, I really like, you know, your stuff. I like what you're working on, you know, like what, what do you, where do you go to school? Like, what are you going to school for? Um, and he pretty much told me right away that like I needed to be in industrial design. Um, and so I kind of worked on trying to get a transfer to somewhere. And then I end up meeting someone at Nike who was kind of gracious enough to guide me into an, an industrial design program. Um, so I went, ended up going to the Art Institute of Portland. Um, okay, cool. so, so I did my stuff there. Before, before you go, go into that. So yeah. For, for reference, Dominic Dina like was one of the first, in my opinion, really like, I was like, Holy He's God, OG, this bro. guy has incredible work, right? On on the gram, right? Like he was, yeah, yeah, me, yeah. He was like one of the first who was like, had yeah, like bro. a gaining follow, a rapid following. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he just disappeared. Do you know, do you know, that? do you keep in touch with him? Like I, I've no, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I talk to him a lot. Uh, he, Where does he work? He works at, he's at Reebok right now. Oh, no shit. Okay. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still out there. Um, he did. Oh, sorry, not Reebok. He's at Puma. He just left Reebok. Um, 
So when he went, I know what you're talking about. He went kind of silent. And then even recently he like deleted all of his social media. But um, before he was working at Reebok, he was working on some stuff that he just couldn't share. So he just kind of went quiet. And then he posted one or two sketches. Uh, I convinced him to get an iPad Pro. He posted like one or two sketches. And then I think Jeremy Salia Puma like swooped him up and was like, yeah, we're taking that guy. So like uh, that happened for him super quick. And oh, he's so, on there, He's on Jeremy's basketball group. Yeah. And exactly. so he's just, he's just laying low now, but yeah. He's that, that's dude, awesome. Man. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's the homie. Uh, so yeah, he dude. definitely got somebody talented. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. He like, I remember he was always, post, he was like posting work so often and it was so good. It was like, he's a killer, man. <laughs> I love his stuff so much, man. I have like, I think I have a whole Behance folder just for his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dominic, if you ever uh, watch this, shout out. Uh, thanks for inspiring a lot of humans on this planet in early for Instagram real. days. For real. Um, but anyway, so you went to Art Center uh, in Portland? No, I went to the Art Institute. Um, Art Institute. I, uh, I get those could, two confused all the time. Technically, uh, you can call it whatever you want since it's closed now, but it's fine. Uh, that's the oh. whole thing, man. That's the okay. whole thing on this side. Uh, but yeah, man, so I went there. Um, and I just started doing footwear. And um, I met Larry Selbiger. I don't know if you know of him or if you've seen his work online. You could look it up on Vance or any website, pretty much. He's like an OG, OG. He's worked at like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Puma. Um, he worked with like E. Scott and Eric Ivar and all them. Yep. So um, uh, he, I, he was teaching there, luckily, when I went there. And he was teaching design sketching. And so that was pretty much when I like first um fell in love with sketching because like I was going to that school because I had to you know that's like what they said I had to do and so I was just there um but he really inspired me to like get into sketching and like exploring and stuff and then I ended up I was lucky enough to take footwear design with him and we kind of did a co-op with Under Armour because their office was in Portland as well yep. um so we did like a little basketball design thing with them and um it was really it was good and that was kind of the the start for where I like really push into footwear design um and then funny enough dominic comes around again in this summer and he sends me a message and says hey man did you see this internship in your own city and i said no i didn't man and i applied to it and then i ended up getting the internship like two days later what so, was that internship uh it was olukai it's a smaller hawaiian company down here you might have seen i posted some stuff on instagram with them i've done i think four or five contracts with them now cool and so what what you we jumped all over the map, but like what year, uh, what, how, I want, I don't know if you mind sharing, how old are you? What year did you get the internship? Like just to put it in the frame. I'm, I'm 26 now. Um, I got my internship during my junior year of college. Okay. Um, so, and then pretty much I did a contract with them every year for since now and then. Um, but you know, that's just all I've been working on lately, but it was, that was how I got my start. And then, I've done a couple other footwear design contracts and then just a bunch of custom work since then. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get into the custom side of the, uh, of, uh, of what you've been doing. Um, I guess let's, uh, if you, if you share to what you can share, but like, what is, a, sure. a, what is like a, a contract, uh, kind of consist of like, you know, do you set the parameters? Do they set the parameters? Is it for like a one-off? Is it like, are you on a retainer with them? Like, you know, if you could speak, because I, I feel like people are interested for those that aren't freelancing, you know, quote unquote freelancing um, right. with a company. Like, what are some of the details? Like, how do you hash that out? Um, I mean, honestly, 
I was lucky enough to have like a couple of bosses from Olukai who had left since I joined. And so they were able to kind of help steer me. Um, but like to point to what you're saying, I, it was largely a mystery for me too, man. Like when they were like, do you want to do a contract for us? So I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever that, yeah, for sure. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, send, it to, <laughs> send it over, you know? Uh, so, I mean, uh, but like, obviously it gets easier the more you do it, but, um, you just kind of have to, I guess the important thing really, I've been blessed enough to have like really good PLMs who are giving me like really good briefs. Um, so that's really important is to just find a good brief, kind of hash out the timeline that they're looking for, how much work they need done in that timeline. And then, uh, like kind of what they're expecting in terms of how everyone works and not everyone works the same. Um, for me, I'm like really sketch heavy. Some people are really model heavy. Uh, some people are just like, I like to make prototypes. So, um, just kind of, you have to find the vibe with them and see what they want. Um, you know what their marketing responds that, to, so what the, they respond to. The the first contract that you ever did with them, yeah. or did you work for them previously? I worked, so I was the intern with them and then I contracted afterwards. I got you. So you already, you already had that base set up of like, you understood what the projects kind of like, how they scoped out, like the different yeah. steps that you would need to do and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, that was really helpful, man, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you set like a price for yourself? Dude, that was the toughest thing. And even like to this day, like I'm working on a contract right now with an NBA guy making a, a lifestyle shoe. And like, I asked probably like 30 people, like, what do I, what do I charge this guy? <laughs> like, like how long, how much work is this going to take me? How long, like, you know, it, it's, it's a huge mystery, but like, I don't know. I, to me, like I kind of have a breakdown of what I charge um, like hourly or for a project, depending how long things are going to take. Yep. Um, or just like even certain parts of it. Cause not everything is, you know, not all footwear design is you're making brand new stuff. Sometimes people hit you up and they're like, man, I really like the way you do stuff on Photoshop. Please render our designer sketches. And you know, totally. so that's, that's all you do. So, you know, um, so it's just a different a price breakdown for that and everything. So it's just like, um, I don't know for anyone just starting out, I would just like kind of, you know, think what you would value your time hourly, you know, and then base it out hourly, even if you're going for a project, you know, keep that in mind how much time it's going to take you have you ever like, have you ever said something and then somebody was like "Ooh, that's too high and then immediately regretted it no hopefully not i mean <laughs> I, like i replied to some contract offers and not gotten a reply so maybe but like uh but i definitely have like had the like the hesitation while writing the email like "Ooh, i'm about to hit send like is my time really worth this much but also i've done just a gross amount of work for not enough money so it's not as bad as that so i would definitely say like well, you gotta start somewhere time. you gotta learn yeah you know? yeah I, i'm mm -hmm. i'm a big believer across the board of doing stuff for free um Dude. in order to just gain the knowledge gain the experience gain different opportunities meet somebody new who's going to give Yo, you i have done i think probably 10 nfl players cleats now and like i still probably have only made oh like maybe 100 bucks lifetime in terms of like customs overall, just because I've done so much stuff for free in terms of like, oh, hey, I wanna do it for this guy or for me, what's the worst thing is, is I'm just a sucker for sports. So I'm always like, yo, I really like that guy. I don't do it I'll, for free. I'll hook it up. And they, yeah, exactly. And that is the worst because they do not be hooking it up for you, man. So like, you gotta, you, you have to like, make sure you take care of yourself. But like, I've done, I, I feel you on the doing free work. Like you have to get yourself opportunities however you can, you know? 
Um, so you but, definitely, your, your, your footwear design contract stuff, you, you base it on an hourly versus a per project. Yeah. I mean, especially it just depends on like how long things are going to take. Like I've done a, I did a contract with Olukai not too long ago where we were just kind of exploring a concept. So it was going to be more of like a two, three month process. Um, so we just base it on like a project instead of an hourly because it yeah. can get real spendy, you know, doing three months totally. of hourly yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like that. Especially with um, conceptual stuff because who's going to tell you how many hours you spent? Exactly. And that's, and that's the thing too, that stuff is, is like, it kind of helps avoid like kind of having to go back and forth of like any questions of, did this take you that long? Were you messing around? You know, you know, anything like that. So, um, that's nice, but on shorter things, it's definitely nice to go by hourly, um, just because, you know, like maybe I can crank out a Photoshop render in four hours, but like, it's only because I've been doing it forever, you know? So you say you say forever you're 26 years old uh I know. You, dude i started at 12. <laughs> well yeah i, I did. Mean, you, you definitely had an earlier start than most i'll say yeah yeah um so do you technically work for yourself like you're your own business yeah right i mean i would love to work for someone else but right now <laughs> working for myself right now yeah well anybody watching is uh looking uh for somebody uh, but um no <laughs> But have you, so you did the, the one, uh, you started off doing an internship for them, but since then, have you worked full time for anybody else or you've just been taking jobs? I've just been taking contracts and then just doing custom work at the same time. I've just been lucky enough to be able to like jump between both of them. Um, eventually that's going to slow down stuff. So that's why I'm like looking, you know, trying to get full time, but luckily I'm going to make it right now. How, um, how do you find new work? Uh, just I, it's tough man like honestly a lot of word of mouth stuff like a lot of my old bosses will know a person that needs stuff done or like or you know like Olukai will be like hey well we know someone who's looking for something done in a different company that we don't have any help for them and then they'll refer my name so um that's kind of how it's been and luckily I've had people who will tote my flag for me uh, but you know it is tough to find stuff especially right now yeah, I mean, uh, I, I have a lot of conversations with one, not only a lot of uh, people who have been furloughed or unemployed, but also like an entire graduating class who's out of work, right? And yeah, I can't, and it, yeah, that stuff. It's, uh, it's just, it's, it's a point, a point in history where it's just, you sit back and you're just thankful for what you got and, you know, what's been given so far and you just hope for the best and that we can get out of this thing, but. Uh, it sounds like so far so good for you. Um, yeah, overall. hanging in there so far. Yeah. So you've been, uh, you graduated what year from Art Institute? Uh, 2017. Okay. So you've been quote unquote freelancing, let's call it for three plus years. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. It's a while. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's both nice and the most stressful thing I've ever done. So because you have it's, you you work at your own pace you do yeah for sure i mean it's nice to control your own pace but it's also like nice to be like i've done the internship thing where it's full time and it's nice to be in an office where you're like the accountability is being in the office you know um because like every creative person knows some days you're just like you just don't feel like it you know and happens. so yeah and so it's like you know you'll be at home and you're like oh man i got a tech pack that's due in two days and like if you're not feeling it that day like you'll regret it the next day so like and then you're rushing tough. it's probably not your best work after that it's 
it's tough i will say though i think that like having to do contract early on and kind of like build my own footing here i think does pay dues when i do get into situations where it's full-time and stuff because i do hold myself extra accountable because i'm always worried about being um hitting the deadline and always like because you know when you work contract if you don't get the work done you don't get paid for it so that's <laughs> like pretty you gotta simple. get it done yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah straightforward yeah your cut yeah um so let's uh, let's talk about, we've, uh, you've hinted at it. Um, how do you get into doing custom cleats, uh, for NFL players? Right. I think to me, it's, uh, with this, this whole podcast and YouTube series that, that I'm trying to do, it's not even just about, obviously, like I know a lot of footwear designers by trade, but to me, you're unique in the fact that you not only do really great footwear design, but you also do custom cleats. Yeah, man, I honestly, if it weren't for like doing custom cleats, like I think my footwear design would struggle and vice versa. But I mean, I got started into it like we were talking about earlier when I got forced out of football. Um, one of my buddies, um, his parents worked at Nike. And so he always had kind of an excess of cleats, you know. And so one day I literally just like stole a pair from his house and just like didn't tell him. And so um, one of my buddies at the time, was a little older than me he was customizing he was doing more of a decon recon thing like swapping out materials and stuff um and so he just kind of pushed me over the edge he was like bro do it he's like you you know you're artistic and everything you'll figure it out whatever you'll just you'll make it happen or whatever and yeah. so i was like okay so the very first pair i did i did all in one day in like four hours which was just terrible and i brought them back and i gave them to the kid and he wore them the next day and they like fell apart and i was just like horrified like oh no like I'll never do this again. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. It's the worst thing. And then my, my buddy was like, yo, I mean, you, you did kind of start with cleats, which are the worst thing to start with, you know, like, is that what they say? I mean, yeah, it's, I would say personally now I've been doing it like almost six years now. I started in 2014. It's either cleats or foam posits, man, like just the prep and work on those. They're just terrible. So it's like, I enjoy doing them because they're, they're open canvas, you know, but also you pay the price for that. So what's, what's the most challenging part about them? I, I mean, for me, like, especially with the NFL guys, it's just like the durability, you know, because they, you know, it's, it's a different field out there than it is high school players, you know, and it's just more friction. It's more force. It's bigger guys, you know, there's good guys get stepped on by 300 pound linemen, you know, that's when you find out if your paint holds up or not. So it's like you have to really prep, do your sand and do everything, man. Like, but so is it it's just, definitely a grind. It's more more layers of paint, or is it more like process based? Or it's definitely process, I'd say, man. It's definitely the prep. Like, the longer you spend prepping it, the more you'll see. Like, I got pretty lucky last year. I did a pair of cleats for Micah Hyde on the Bills. I, you, I'm not sure if you've seen other ones that had the dog tags on them. No, I, um, that's, that's what we're, the, that project specifically was like, I was like, oh shit, that is legit. Yeah, bro. To this day, I think that was probably like the best pair I've ever done. And like, um, I spent, I want to say like three or four days prepping those. I even had my buddy doing it next to me because I was like, you do this one while I do this one. Cause I knew that I wanted to do it and we got lucky enough and it lasted him seven weeks, like game and practice, which is the most unheard of thing I've ever heard of. Like seems bizarre. Even, yeah, it, it was super wild, man. And I have no clue. Like I didn't, to my knowledge, I didn't do anything differently. It, I just did it harder or whatever. So it was like, 
since then, I've just been in a really good groove with those cleats. And, like, those guys have given me, like, a good opportunity because I have, like, three or four guys on their defense that just kind of shuffle back and forth. And it's, when, um, kind of... when you talk about prepping, what, is that, what does that exactly mean? Because I've never done it, right? So, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, so, like – um so like every every like cleat or foam pot any shoe honestly comes with like a like a stock finish on it you know it's mm-hmm. like a top coat um so for like most shoes you can just use acetone or nail polish remover to remove it if it's like a material if it's like leather or whatever but with the foam posits and the cleats and stuff like they're that composite material or the synthetic or whatever so you can't really do anything with them in terms of like trying to like use acetone to open up pores or anything because there just aren't any um, so you just have to like sand it really tough and then just like, I use this stuff that you're supposed to use for like automotive stuff. It's like a, to help your paint stick when stuff gets hot. Um, and so I just kind of go at it that way and just try to create like as much friction as I can and get a lot of surface tension and just try to like rough it up. Honestly, like it looks really destructive when you're doing it. And like, I've definitely had some panic attacks where I'm like, man, I messed this up. It's no, there's no turning back. But like, you like sand it, way too far or too hard. Yeah, dude, I've done some 11s. Like, um, I'm not sure if you're, are, are you a basketball fan? Yeah. To- yeah. Just uh, like a general average fan. Yeah. 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 So I did some stuff for, um, Kyle Wiltshire, he was playing at Gonzaga at the time. I took some of his okay. 11s and I was like, yeah, I'll paint the patent leather, man. It'll be no problem. And then I just like sanded them way too much and like put a hole in them pretty much. Oh, shit. And so I had to replace those, obviously. And he wears like a size 18, man. And that was just a headache. Like, so you had to find another pair of 18s? Yeah. And then find a last to get it back onto the sole, you know? So yeah. Yeah, bro. That was. So you it, lost dude. money? <laughs> Oh, I lost so much money on that, man. And then it, the worst thing, too, I'll send it to you after this, was, like, the next week he was on the cover of ESPN, like, in the game that I was supposed to do those shoes for. So if I had just, like, not messed it up, you know? It would have been, been your been shoes. So great. Yeah, it would have been so great. But, oh, shit. You know, yeah, that's where we, I learned a lesson about, like, biting off too much, you know? That's wild. Yeah, man. So, all right, um we'll talk specifically NFL here, right? Like, how did you, how did you get in contact with Micah Hyde, for example? Like to me, he's like, I would not, not a household name, but he's definitely up there in terms of talent on, on defensive backs. And no, for sure. um, For sure. And probably. um, Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Their safety tandem is probably, I mean, their top two or three, in my opinion, are the best one. Obviously I have some bias, especially because like, so the way I got started was, um, like when I got to Oregon state, I was obviously a big fan of the football team. Um, and I had just like had some football players in my class and Jordan Poyer was in one of my classes and I just kind of linked up with him and we just kind of built up a friendship. And then like he went on and got drafted and I did my college thing. And, and, and so it was kind of like, we went our separate ways, but then when he was with Cleveland, um I had done my friend's cleats one or two times and so I shot him a text and I was like yo send me some cleats I know you don't pay for them anyways so just let me have them you know and so he was like okay cool and so I did them and they were trash but like it was fine and he wore them for me anyways and they ended up on ESPN and uh so then he yeah and so then basically by word of mouth it spread because he got me I want to say um the next guy I did was Sean Drone he uh played with the Niners at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was on Monday Night Football, um, and he scored uh, two or three times wearing my cleats, and they were, like, on TV. And that was, like, huge for me. Like, that was, like, 
oh my god i made it this kind of thing you know and Yo, like, what does that feeling feel like that's got to be wild. Dude, it was pretty nuts like at first like i was like what's crazy is at the time i had a torn acl so i couldn't even move i was like yelling at my sister like yo grab the phone take a picture of the tv i don't even <laughs> care if it's crap like take a picture i don't care and so like she's just like running around the room doing it for me and uh but like yeah man it, it was really crazy and then like he was really like super kind to me in terms of like in the post game when people were asking him about it and stuff he was like telling people you know oh, I got him done by my friend Mike, you know, you should go see him. Because not everyone does that, honestly. Like, Yeah, they most, don't have to. Exactly. And they feel like they, they, why should they, you know? So when they go that extra mile, like, it's it's really big for me. And so, um, like, I really appreciated him doing that. And then the Oregonian wrote an article about it, and it was, like, they were really cool to me. So um, it just kind of spread from there. And then I uh, got to Micah through Jordan, obviously. Last year we did um, – uh, charity cleats for my cause my cleats yep I um, saw that yeah so last year was my second year doing it the very first year I did Micah and Jordan's and um, they were doing uh, Camp Good Hope for Buffalo and then Imagine for Youth um, I think Micah was doing Imagine for Youth yeah um, so we did those and those went really well um, and so we were just going to re-up and do it again this year um, so I ended up doing Jordan's and then I got Levi Wallace who was a rookie um, I ended up doing his ALS cleats, which were um, the ones with the fishing pole on the side uh, or the, the fishing lure swoosh. Um, and then those are the ones that ended up getting auctioned off at the Super Bowl last year. Um, That's during, wild. Yeah, dude. So they did a whole week experience and people were like bidding on it the whole week. Um, I want to say we cleared like, I want to say we cleared $2,000, but I'm not sure. That's I awesome. Yeah. I don't know what the final number was at. On like the last day, it was like eighteen ninety-five or something like that. But I think it ended up over two thousand. So you said earlier that you haven't made money on these cleats, and like to me, that doesn't make much sense. <laughs> so, so like you guys make like one percent of the top one percent in America. You realize that, right? Yeah, and the thing is, is like they realize that as well. And this is not speaking for all of them because overwhelmingly, I've had a great experience with the NFL athletes, even better experience with the NCAA guys because they're they can relate more to totally. me like a startup, you know. Um, but some guys, I feel just you know they lose context on what things really cost when they make seventeen million dollars a year, you know. So they don't really know, you know, what thirty hours worth of time really is worth, you know. So. A couple times I've left it up to them and tried to be like forthcoming and be like, Hey man, I'm going to buy. So like, usually what happens is they give me money and I go buy their cleats because it's easier than waiting for shipping. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So, so I go and do that. And then, um, but with Micah, like last year we had a whole run where we did four or five, um, pairs in like four or five weeks. So everything was super rushed and like tight on deadline and everything. Um, but timelines sometimes get messed up and stuff like that happens. And so it ended up just being that, like, I didn't get compensated for pretty much any of that work, really. And so um, things just kind of went south and it just didn't really go that great. So that was one bad experience I've had with that. And it's just, you know, some people just don't, they don't have really their perspective on what it is. But um, I still got, you know, we'll still work together in the future. It's just kind of a blip and just kind of an understanding where I need to be more forthcoming about how much things cost. Yeah. And he needs to be a more understanding of how much time we're taking, but it's all good now. 
Um, it was a good learning lesson for me, honestly, because right. Like, I mean, you got to go through that process to really understand. You know, people exactly. aren't follow up with you. <laughs> and what and what I learned too was that like, no one's gonna value your time like you do. And also, by doing something like that, that's me undercutting my own industry. You know, because it's then other people will expect that from the next kid who's coming up. Yeah. Hey, Mike did it for free. You should do it for free. And that's not, you know, nobody wants that. So. Right. That's when I learned that I learned that lesson right so, there. So about moving, like let me ask you a question: Like move, moving forward, like if n this season happens, for example, yeah, um, yeah, do you have like a set price, or is it? Are you going to leave it up to them again? Um, no, I mean I have a pretty set price. Like for there's certain guys who I like work under different conditions with, just because we work under different things. Like Jordan, oh. I've known him a while, so you know we our compensation works differently. Um, but like, it sort of just depends what you're looking for, honestly. Um, if it's stuff like charity, you know, I don't mind doing stuff where I'll like donate whatever you paid me to your charity or, you know, or you pay me twice what your charity is and I'll keep it and donate the other half, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't have any problems with that. Um, it just really is a work base. Like how much, how much work do you need? You know, like if you want to do a thing where like, if you're a guy like Mosh who does a pair of cliques with Stefan Diggs every single week, you know, that's you have to pay to keep a guy who's that busy on your retainer every single week, you no know, kidding. Right. So, yeah. So it's like, that can get spendy, man. So it's like, it really, it really just depends. There's certain stuff that like, uh, there's a thing I want to do for all four of their DBs, like both corners and both safeties, like as a four pair kind of combo, like a pack thing. That'd be sick. And I've offered to do that for like a discounted rate, obviously, because partially it's me being selfish wanting to do that, you know, but it's just kind of a case by case basis, you know, it's hard to put like a price on what is, you know, my custom worth. It just depends what you want. And I don't really want to stiff anyone out of their work either. If they just want their mom's name on the side. No, or but whatever, this, you know? this stuff is, is really good. It's talent based. It takes a lot of time and it's no holding up on the worst conditions. Right. So it's like, there's, yeah. there's clearly a lot of value that goes into something like this. Right. Uh, so hopefully uh, things work out better in the future for you. Um, I got a good feeling they'll work out, man. It'll be all okay. Right. It'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, but what I I think that must be one of the coolest feelings ever is to like see it on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, like them scoring a touchdown or like an interception and the camera zooming in. That must be dude. Wild. I'm so blessed to live in 2020 because every Sunday, like if I have stuff working, I'll just go on Getty Images and just type in the guy's name, and I'm like, "There's a picture. There's a picture." That like. And it's cool. I'll give, I'll give credit to Getty. That's no no issue. Oh, for sure. I'll leave the watermark <laughs> right in there. I don't care, man. Like, like for sure. Yeah. So let me let me ask a question on the actual design, right? Because it, it, it's not only like a, a, a physical labor of, of, of the art, but the mm -hmm. design work. Do you come up mm -hmm. with the designs or do they? Well, it's usually pretty collaborative. Some of them are super down to like, some of them have even like sent me little sketches before, which I think is the oh, best cool. ever. That's awesome. Yeah, which I think, yeah, I think that's super dope. Uh, some of them are just like, I want sort of something like this. And then I'll send them like a, a Photoshop mock-up and they go, yeah, that's fine. And then like, I'll just kind of send them like um, progress pictures throughout the week or whatever. Um, but usually it's, it's pretty much me um, kind of just like, getting what they want and then sending them a bunch of ideas and then bouncing back. Um, but what's nice is that now I just have a folder stocked full of them. So it's like, it gets less and less work every time technically. So. 
Have you have you thought about doing like other industries? You mentioned like NCAA basketball and other things like that. Like, is this something that you want to pursue? It sounds like you're still super passionate about footwear design as a career, let alone yeah. customization. I mean, footwear design is definitely what I want to do. Um, it's just always been my passion. And then uh, just like customizing is just something that like I really enjoy spending time on. Um, and I feel like you'll probably relate to this, but like every creative has like this project they're working on on the side passion cut sort of this, uh, you know, it's just yeah. something to, to scratch the creative itch. So, I mean, it's something I like to do and I get to do it at a high level. So I'm super blessed to do that. But I mean, I don't by any means think I could be a mosh or someone who turns it into a lifestyle, man. Those guys grind super hard, like super hard. And so I just don't think I could do that. Um, but like, I have worked in other industries with the the customizing. Like I've worked with some guys on North Carolina's basketball team, which was fun for me because I grew up being a fan, obviously. Um, I've worked with a couple guys in the MLB um, and cool. guys who play college baseball. Um, so it's just whoever comes, man, I'm always down to try whatever. Um, I'm going to start working on a motorcycle helmet pretty soon. That'll be fun. Um, nice. But have yeah, you ever just kind of for down for whatever, man. Have you ever uh, randomly like cold DM'd like a player uh, and been like, "Hey, check oh, out. dude, I wish I could screen share with you right now because like my business Instagram is just like the same message, like, "Hey, man, I'm Mike. I paint shoes. Please buy my stuff." And it's just like millions of them, bro. Just like I got one XFL player last year, and then I DM every single player in the league because there like wasn't that many. So I was just like, "I'll DM all of them." like every I love that. I don't care and then I get I get in trouble with Instagram like almost every other day with like you've DM'd too many people today you seem like a bot and I'm like great fantastic Wait, th that's like, a thing yeah bro because I'll send like 150 DMs in one day sometimes like just for like everybody listening for everybody listening that is what it takes 150 Dude, DMs a day for the people who, who don't even want to send 10 a day fucking you just gotta it type up. it once you just gotta type it once just copy that's, and paste. That is just wild. don't forget to change the name at the bottom, <laughs> dude. Yeah, then you're that's like <laughs> that's like uh, that's like sending like on a dating app the like the same message over and over with the wrong girl's yeah. name. <laughs> Yo, I have definitely, I think I've definitely sent a cover letter with the wrong company on it before, and I was just super oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, that's the worst. That's like the the definitely yeah. the worst. And you can't recover from that, you can't email them and be like, hey, sorry, I did that. Like, yeah, that's on me. <laughs> I understand. I will take this loss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on to the next. Um, yeah. Real, that's, man. that's crazy though. But yeah, no one out of every, you know, 150 and then, you know, hopefully they, they ride with it. And then again, it's organic. It's word spread, word of mouth. It's, it's building those relationships. It's crazy how, you know, that the one uh, kid you went to college with was really the, the, the plug. Dude. Yeah. Jordan's been, he's been huge for me. Like he, He's, he's referred me to, I mean, obviously I started with him and then he referred me to Sean and then he referred me to Micah and then Levi just came organically because three guys on his team are doing that obviously. But yeah. like, if not for him, you know, who knows? That's why our conversation works a little differently. Like I get that, you know? Um, but like it is, you know, it's tough, but it's definitely something like I really enjoy doing and I, I don't mind doing the hustle for it. Like I'll send, however many dms like i really don't care like i started that's how i started in footwear too like you know like i was like you you mentioned i was one of the first guys to just like reach out to you like i i, I meant 
I messaged you, I messaged Dom, I messaged Chris Dixon, uh, Mark Dolce when he was at Nike, um, Evan Locke when he was at Nike, and then he moved to Under Armour. Um, who else? Eric Sandy still at Jordan. Uh, Justin Taylor still at Jordan. Like, all those dudes. Like, I, I'll tag them in however many posts. I'll email them. Like, if you get annoyed with me, that's fine. But, like, you're still going to know, like, when my application comes across, you're going to be like, oh, I've seen that guy's name a billion times. Like, Dude, your name's your name, and you and you you don't you don't have like a a normal last name, I'll say. So like it's probably recognizable. Yeah. Uh, same thing for myself. I think that's a massive benefit because yeah. people with generic names like you're at a disadvantage, one thousand percent. That yeah, I mean, either like I that's why I have like you got to do what you got to do. Like both industries, I found like you customizing and footwear design, like it's a hustle. Like you can get a degree in industrial design, but that doesn't do you anything but put you on the field. Like you still have to get your playing time. So like you got to run for it, man. And it's like, if you're afraid to like step on people's toes or annoy someone with your DMs, like how are you going to make it through a critique or something? You know, like you got to, you got to have thick skin, you know, if you're going to annoy someone, it is what it is, but at least you're doing it for a passionate reason. You know, you're just chasing the dream. You got to, you got to do what you got to do. You're trying to pursue your career that you love. I mean, like, (laughs) it is yeah that's what i'm saying you know i like it that's like when the like when i talk to some of the nfl guys about footwear design and then like they get they're like oh you're getting super passionate talking about it i'm like man it's just like if we were playing pickup out here and you guys were like one of you was trying to show up to the other guy same thing for us out here you know like it's no different it's a small industry and everyone knows each other you know so yeah that's super true um So what's, what's, uh, what's like next for you? Like, what do you, like, what's, do you, do you think about the future and kind of like what other goals are besides like maybe landing a, a full-time gig eventually, you know, if Corona land settles down uh, and people start picking um, jobs back up? I don't know, man. I, on one hand, yeah, I do think of other stuff. On the other hand, I sometimes feel like having a plan B is just like an out for not making it work. So like, I kind of just am chasing the footwear thing still. Um, I'm working on like doing some um, stuff with some people that I know where we're like hand making some pairs, um, kind of going to go into production to make our own stuff on the side. Um, just see what kind of traction we can get. Um, I'm working with an NBA guy right now. We're making some lifestyle shoes. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that comes out with a brand because it'll just be him and I. Um, so cool. be really interesting to see what kind of traction we get there. But um, I don't know, man. Just want to make dope stuff, honestly. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's it, really. <laughs> it's pretty clear cut of a, of a goal. Um, cool. Uh, I mean, I only had a couple bullets, like, written down. I figured the, the conversation definitely carried itself for the majority of this. Um, do you have uh, any anything else that you want to leave the people with? We've been chat. I know we got a late start, but we've been chatting for almost an hour now. Um, uh not really man i mean i just think right now one thing i would say to everybody is like just give yourself a break a little bit you know uh it's tough out there um we're working on especially you know like you know how the contract life is and stuff like it's hit and miss and right now it's 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 a lot of misses but just hang in there and everything will get better but you know give yourself a chance take it easy on yourself you know definitely just hang have, in there and, have you and found, be positive uh... Have you found out, have you found within yourself that you're uh, working harder or working, you know, just smarter, I guess, during COVID? Um, uh, probably both, honestly. I think I'm working smarter in the sense that, like, when I'm working too hard, I'm, like, 
give it a break. You know, we're not being productive anymore. But in another sense, like it's a grind right now and like everyone's unemployed. So it's tough. Um, so I would say that I'm probably like working in terms of like doing actively doing design stuff more often. Um, but working smarter in the sense that like not overdoing it and making it to a point where it's procedural and not a passionate thing. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Uh, I don't really have anything else scripted. Uh, this was awesome. Um, what, a, what a crazy journey from uh, literally getting hit in the head with a disc yeah, man. Um, on a rainy day to, uh, you know, customizing cleats for Micah Hyde. I mean, that is, that is yeah. a wild spectrum. <laughs> yeah, bro. Hey, you got to get redirected somehow, you know? <laughs> Definitely um cool man well uh thanks for uh thanks for coming on board uh episode 12 of an untold narrative uh appreciate it i'll put your uh do you have a website i do what is it it is www.sturge s-t-u-r-g-e-m.com cool we'll plug that down there uh obviously you're fairly active on instagram so uh people would check out your footwear designs there uh your posts about you know nfl players and stuff like that so for sure Cool. Um, well, thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll talk super soon. Yeah, man. Take it easy.